0: Cry. I was thinking, oh, man, they're going to think I have COVID. <laughs> oh, girl, they're with a broad, runny nose and everything. I have some stories about you, too. You cute little sheepy hair. Remember that butterfly that just came and just stood, like, right in front of you when you were teaching? That was awesome. That was an awesome trip yeah yeah we have some good memories together what how fun how neat just to be able to come and and share this time with you all what a blessing thank you so much thank you for inviting me thank you for trusting me to come and um and teach because it's 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 a big responsibility to be able to um come and to share the word of god and i'm really grateful um before i move on i feel like this thing is like kind of going back and forth am i good is that okay yeah good? okay okay let's pray I'm sorry? If I'm good, you're good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord, for the beautiful worship, Lord God. And that, um, you, Lord, you provided Calvary Chapel Cornerstone with this building to meet in, Lord um, with the capacity, Lord God, and the ability to to just be able to host so many ladies, Lord God, thank you so much, Lord Jesus, and I pray again for your protection upon all of us, Lord God. I pray that that this plague would pass over us over our homes, over our our bodies, our families, Lord God, and all of us, Lord, know people or someone um, that that is um, struggling right now with this virus and I just pray in Jesus name that you would just uh, protect that you would strengthen that you would heal that Lord God you would have your way in their lives Lord Jesus and that you you would bring peace Lord um, to us because these are definitely not peaceful times Lord these are scary times And, Lord, I pray that you would help us to not live in fear, to not walk in fear, but to walk in the Spirit, to walk in the confidence, Lord, that we are your children. And also, Lord, to walk in that wisdom that we need to exercise in these days, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give us all the gift of wisdom and prudence, Lord, and that we would be able to just live out our lives in a way that is pleasing to you, Lord. Protect us, be with us. Lord, I pray that you would anoint this study that it would be all you, Lord, all you, and, and none of me may I decrease, and may you increase, Lord. I want to hear from you tonight, Lord. Won't you please speak to us? In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Well, how many of you girls are done Christmas shopping? <laughs> Look at, there's one hand over there, and there's another one. Oh, yay. How many of you started? <laughs> I started. I'm almost done. It's been all cyber shopping, you know, because who wants to go to the malls and risk, you know, getting infected, but anyways, it's just the season for giving, you know, it, it is what it is, and I don't know about you, but I love gifts. I love that there's a little gift right, well, a big gift right there. I was thinking about maybe bringing, like, for a little something to show you a big gift. But there it is right there. There's a humongous gift right there for all just to look at and, and to hopefully get the message through that big old box. But yeah, you can't open the box, can you? It's all wrapped up. Okay. <laughs> I'm turning. My wheels are turning. But <laughs> well, you know, I, I love gifts and especially when they're under just bright, shiny trees, and they're all there, and it's all glowy and beautiful. Oh, just so exciting. And then it does, it it also helps that my birthday is this month, too. I share my birthday month with Jesus, and so I love that. I just love my birthday. People are like, aren't you sad? Don't you get less presents? Oh, no, like, oh, no, I love, I love having my birthday in December, and just Christmas, and this. It's like, they decorated, you guys decorated for me. (laughs) No, it's not for me. It's for the Lord, and that's, that's beautiful. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, These days in particular, this season, most everyone focuses on buying and and giving gifts. And you know, there shouldn't be any pressure to buy, especially if you're unable to. But it is good to give whatever we can, uh, because it is a beautiful reminder of the greatest gift ever given, as we've been built up to this, right? That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I just love that as I was looking on it and reading it, that's the verse that Kathy gave to me. I love that it says that God so loved. And I looked at it in different versions, and it said, I forget which version said, and God loved this way. He loved this way. That the way he demonstrated his love towards us was in giving his son, his precious son. I would never give my son. I don't have a son, but um, if I did, I would never, I wouldn't give one of my daughters. I wouldn't. It's just, that would just be too difficult. But yet God loved us so much that he did that so that we would be saved you know, the world focuses so much on buying and selling, and, and it can be so stressful finding the right gift, right? We all have those people that were like, what on earth? I don't even know what to get them anymore. <laughs> what do you have an idea? No, we're all trying to brainstorm and trying to find something that we think that they'll like, and then we're like, well, they didn't even use that one gift that we got them last year. I don't Did you remember them using that? No, they didn't. So what do we get them that, you know, they could use? It's stressful, right? There's even songs about it, you know, Humbug. You know, it's so hard to find that, that perfect gift and oftentimes with with all the commotion with the running around and the concerns and the worries that are very valid especially this year it's it's a scary year it's so easy to lose sight of the reason for this season and we find ourselves robbed of the joy and the awe and the wonder that we should be focusing on during this time i heard somebody say i'm talking about easter I remember Easter was like that. We were building up for our church Good Friday dinner, and, you know, I had everything ready and good to go. I had my centerpieces and everything, and we were just, like, pumped up. And then I felt like we were robbed of it. I felt like it just was gone. And I was like, no, we can't, we can't allow this situation to rob us of these freshest holy days because the Lord wants us to still observe and still celebrate, but it's in a different way this year. We need to be still and see how the Lord wants us to observe these days. It doesn't always have to be the same for it to be special. It doesn't always have to be the same for us to do uh, uh, things that that we should and, and, and we need to do to bring honor to God. It doesn't have to be that way. I hope that we can all be flexible in that way, that we seek him. Even as the wise men, Lord, show us what we are to do. Maybe we can't go with the family this year, and we are just to have something intimate by ourselves, you know, Lord, show us something, but let us not be all sad because, you know, we didn't go with our friends. Thanksgiving, we always go with our friends. I don't know... we weren't with our friends, and it was just my family, my girls, and my husband, and myself at home. And then I took a picture, family picture of us, and I sent it to them. And then they sent me their family picture, and I wanted to cry when I saw it. And I was like, I'm going to put you guys right here while we're eating. And it was just so, it was sad. I was like, no, 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 this is a good Thanksgiving. It's a good Thanksgiving. This is, this is good. This is what the Lord has for us this year. And let us be glad, and let us rejoice in it, right? And what is the most uh, important reason for this time? It is the birth of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? The birth of our Savior. And there is that special feeling that is only felt at this time of the year. I remember since I was a little girl watching cartoons and and watching things, you know, the animated things, that they all talked about this special feeling, you know, this, this, now they call it the magic, right? There's a magic. And I just remember thinking about that. I didn't really, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus growing up. I knew that Jesus was on the cross because I would see him at church and, you know, I knew that, that there was a God, the father, but I didn't know, I didn't have a relationship with him, but I always felt that there was something like I would think of my little mind what, you know, there is something that is undeniable and that we could feel at this time. Do you girls know what I'm talking about? I mean, everybody talks about it and they're like, it's the magic of Christmas. It's the spirit of giving. It's this and it's that, right? You know, and lately, um, the Lord has really opened up my eyes to see what or who it is. And we're going to talk about that. So I was um, watching with the girls this, this seasonal animated short with my girls. I'm not going to tell you because then you'll probably go home and watch it. Um, it's not. It looked like a Christmas short. It was in that seasonal, you know, right now in, in the, I think it's what, I don't know, one of the things that we subscribe to has the seasonal cartoons or animated series that you watch. So they put one on and I was like, oh yeah, let's watch that one. It looks like fun, right? And, and they had what looked like Christmas trees and they gathered with food and, and they had something that looked like a turkey or some kind of a pheasant thing and they had green and red and and they had all the lights and they even had the the green and red ugly sweaters and they had all that stuff but they weren't celebrating Christmas you know in this particular episode they were celebrating life day it was life day, you know, and and the message they were emphasizing is that these days are about friends, that are like family, and, and being together, and that's what matters, you know, we shouldn't get caught up with perfection, you know, we shouldn't miss it, we should just gather, and we should just be together, and I watched it, and I laughed through the cute little things, and, and I was like, oh, that's cute, but then at the end, I was like, that was so dumb, you know, that was so dumb, okay, first of all, it sounds really nice, you know, oh, how nice, they're all gathering and everything. You know, it sounds like a good message, but friends and family gather every weekend, every holiday, every birthday, every wedding. We just had a funeral last week in my family, and I saw a family that I hadn't seen in over 20 years, and we gathered. And it wasn't Christmas, it was a funeral. You know, we gather for all kinds of things, all the time. Um, so what's the big deal? What makes this time different or special? The truth of the matter is that the world has removed the whole heart of this holiday. Taken it out. It's been removed. And we all know that once the heart stops, that once the heart is removed, there is no more life. You know, I I recently, my my grandfather just went to be with the Lord a little bit over a month ago, and I had the privilege to be in the room with him when the Lord took him. And once he gave up that last breath, that was it. He was gone. And all of a sudden, he became—he went from being a creature with life or, or create God's creation that had life and he was a person to becoming an inanimate object. It was just no life. And I feel like that's what they've done to Christmas. You know, there's no life in the Christmas that the world celebrates. It's, it's, it's being taken away. The world is gradually erasing, taking out the Christ in Christmas. Anything we even see in the stores, the, the the Christmas music that that's being played when we're out and about. I mean, what does the Grinch have to do with you know Christmas? And what are all these songs that that we're talking about? The Beach Boys' Christmas, uh, you know, Saint Nick, and I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus, and they're fun songs. Don't get me wrong, I, I listened, to, You know, we, we you know they're fun, but they have nothing to do with. Christmas. And what that's what Christmas is about. It's counterfeit. It's watered down. And this is what is streaming for our kids to watch and to listen to and to learn from. We quoted, I quoted just a little while ago from John 3, 16. The Bible teaches us that God sent his son to the world to walk among humankind, to teach, to live the sinless life that we could never live, and to die as a sacrifice in order that he would pay the debt for our offenses against God, the debt that we could never, never pay for. He died, Jesus, to reconcile us and restore us to God the Father in the relationship and the communion that he intended for us to have from the beginning, since the beginning. Because of man's rebellion, our rebellion, my rebellion, we have been separated from God. Now, John three seventeen says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come to judge the world, at least not when we read about it in the Bible, but that the world through him might be saved. So what does that mean? Since the beginning, God has been calling out to man and to woman. He's been calling out to the world. Being the good father and the good shepherd that he is, he goes out to seek those which are lost and to mend and to nurse the hurt and the dying. God, in his great love, still continues to call out because there are many out there who are lost and who are broken, who are scared or terrified, especially today. um, And they're seeking, who have had enough and are ready to be reconciled to God and to come home and to belong to him and to finally feel safe in that peace, in that refuge place. Is that me making that sound? Okay. And we, the church, his children, are to be announcing the great news of the birth of our Lord and to be on the lookout for the ones, for those ones. Hello. Hi. Hi. You can hear me? Yeah? Okay. Yay. All right. Thank you. So even as the shepherds in the field who first received the news of the birth of his birth did, that's how we are to go seeking and telling and proclaiming about the birth of the son. Luke 2 tells us of how the angels announced the birth of the Lord and how they went out looking for him and how they found him. I'm going to read that from Luke 2, 17. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And then verse 20, it says, Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. They went, they saw, they praised, they ran out, and they were proclaiming. They they just went out and they fulfilled the purpose. That's why the Lord went to the shepherds, because he knew that they were going to do that, that they were just going to go out and tell everybody. So we, too, are to go out with great joy. The Lord knows who to go to. Have you guys seen that movie, um, The Nativity Story? Yeah, I love that one scene um, when Mary is and Joseph are on their way to Bethlehem, and they stop with the, shepherd, with the shepherd, and the shepherd tells Joseph, "Your woman looks cold," and she's like, "Just for a minute." And so they go, and they warm themselves by the fire, and then he's just there, this, this oh, you know, very um, how do I say it? He's an elderly man, and um, and he just looks so lonesome and, and just hardened by the weather, and then, and uh and she's and he's telling her, you know, it's a gift. You have a gift. You know, you have a gift. And she's like, and she asked him, what's your gift? And he's like, I don't have a gift. He's like, only the hope of a gift, but he never had. And he's speaking about the child. And so fast forward, they leave and then they have the baby. And, and when the angels come, they go and the shepherd is one of the ones that goes to seek the baby, baby Jesus. And when they go in, And he he goes in, and he's in awe, and she just raises up. I'm going to cry. Think about it. Just lifts up baby Jesus, and she says, he's for all mankind. And, And it was just, to me, I just think about it, and I think, yes, he is a gift for all mankind. He is a gift for everybody, especially the lost and the weary and the cold and the lonely. The lonely. He is a gift for all mankind, and that is what we are to think about ourselves, to not let... The Yes, today I heard that 10 people had COVID and then tomorrow I'll hear about five more and the next day I'll hear about five more. And then that just like makes us lose our focus and our attention because the enemy will use all of the things that are happening and this safe at home, you know, regulations and the the closing down of businesses and the the loss of income and the loss of health and the loss of loved ones. And the enemy is going to take advantage to distract us and to rob us of this precious, precious time, and especially this precious moments that we have to reach out and to minister to people who need to hear. It's, it, it, the harvest is plentiful. It's time. It's time to reflect, but we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in how we are to speak and how we are to share and how we, how we are to live during this time. God in his great love, grace, and mercy is reaching out to us. And during this holy time, because it is very holy, don't you think when the plagues um, of Egypt passed that it was a holy time? It was very holy. Don't you think that when the time of Esther and and the Israelites were uh, going to be annihilated, and they were holding those days, and they were all in awe and how God just protected them, and they didn't die, and they didn't perish as a nation. Don't you think that was a holy time? Don't you think that Noah, when he was in the ark, and he could hear the shouts and the screams of the people perishing and the, and the, the waves just tossing him back and forth and, and, and all the animals mooing and, and, and shouting and whatever they do, you know, don't you think that that was a holy time? This is holier than holier of the times that we are used to. Let's not lose sight because the enemy wants to just, look at all this. Look at the world. Look at the suffering. Look at, you're afraid, pain, sorrow, fear. Ah, And we're just like overwhelmed by it all. Don't allow him to do that. You take your Bible, you get on your knees, you pray, and you ask the Lord to show you where you are to be. And if he closes the doors in your job or your husband's job or or, or he closes doors for you to go with the family or he closes whatever doors. Thank you, Lord. This is what you have for me right now. Show me what you want me to see and help me to learn what you want me to learn right now. Right now, don't let me miss it. I don't want this to be over in two, three, four, five months, six months, a year. And then I look back and I'm like, I missed it. I missed it because I was afraid. I missed it because I doubted. I missed it. Let's not miss it. And you know, Like I said, that God in his great love and great grace and mercy is reaching out to us. And he is beckoning us to come to Christ to remember and even experience the birth or maybe even rebirth of our Savior within us and within our hearts today. And there is no denying, like we just said, that there's something special about this time of year. There is that something. People talk about it everywhere, right? The emphasis on on it in the movies, about this presence during this time that is not found at any other time of the year. The world the world calls it magic, right? I've been listening to the Disneyland Resort commercials, and they're like, don't you miss the magic? And I'm like, no. <laughs> don't miss the magic. I got the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's fine going to Disneyland, but... We'll survive, (laughs) right? You know, some of the programs and movies and music that are played, we find ourselves asking, "Uh, what does this have to do with Christmas? You know, it's ridiculous. As children of the Most High God, we are not to focus on or to be moved by special feelings or magic, right? But it is important to recognize when God is on the move. We need to know it. We need to know it. If he's on the move, we out of all people should know. God's doing something. It's coming. We're the watchmen. We need to know when he's moving. Which brings me to my next point. Did you know? Mary, did you know? That the gift, Jesus, the Savior, not only is the gift of salvation, but he and the Father also have another gift. There's another gift. I love when something comes with another gift, right? You're like, but wait, there's more, right? I love that. But wait, there's more. For those who come to life spiritually through the receiving of Jesus Christ it's only the beginning in John 14 16 through 18 when Jesus was telling his disciples that he was going away he promised them that another would come and he said I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you And he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. There's a promise of another. Did you girls know that we are living in the age of the Holy Spirit? Isn't that awesome? That the Holy Spirit is with us here now? You know, what? a lot of times when I read my Bible, I think, man, it would have been so cool to be there when Jesus walked the earth, you know, to see him, to see how he wore his his clothes, you know how he wore his hair, to see how he walked and how he talked. You know, everybody be walking and talking and dressing Jesus style. I would have been awesome to see that. But we are in the age of the Holy Spirit. He is here and he's moving. Let's not miss it. Let's know him more so that we can walk and talk and dress and do everything. Holy Spirit style, right? He is that gift. How comforting that he did not leave us orphans. He's like, okay, see you guys. Have fun. Here it is. here's, And I'll see you later. No, he gave us another. Right? Maybe you're asking, I want this gift. How do I get it? How do I get this gift? In Acts two thirty-eight 38-39, Peter said, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call. Isn't that awesome? What do you have to do to receive the Holy Spirit? Anybody? You can say it. Nobody? Repent. Repent. He says, repent. In Acts 11, 15-17, Peter is retelling what happened as he was sharing in the house of Cornelius, a Roman centurion. He said, and as I began to speak, Peter was teaching them. The Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us. When we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? God gave them the Holy Spirit when they believed. They weren't even baptized yet. They just believed. They were just listening to Peter. And Peter couldn't do anything about it. Because God knows the position of your heart. He knows where you're at and he knows exactly where it needs to be. And the point where he can come to you and you can receive him. He knows that time. We're, like, telling people scriptures and verses, and we're like, okay, it's time. Why don't you receive him? You know, they said the sinner's prayer. I think they did. Did they? Did they not? Did they? And every time I go to Harvest, I pray for those people. Like, Lord, please let let this be genuine. Let this be the time, because they could just walk out of here and continue doing whatever it was that they were doing. We don't know. We don't know the time, but God knows. The Holy Spirit knows. And I've been thinking about when I first came to Christ, I didn't even say I was sorry. I was just worshiping with my worldly songs you know I was just I was like okay God here's a song for you I don't know any songs but here's a song for you and then all of a sudden I just said you know Jesus come into my heart and all of a sudden I was overcome and I know that at that moment I received Jesus Christ within my heart and at the same time I was baptized with the Holy Spirit and I was cleansed and I was washed I did not know what was happening I didn't know what, what what was going on I didn't know I just knew something happened and something was different and now, as I've been growing and learning, I'm like, oh, that's what happened. And I could tell you the moment that it happened. And I could tell you I was going on the, on the ramp, going from the 605 to the, from the, the 60 to the 605. And sometimes when I go on there, I kind of get chills. Cause I think this is the place where the Holy Spirit came upon me, where I give my life to Jesus. I didn't even say I was sorry. But he knew the position of my heart. He knew what was inside of me. So we can't be like, oh, well, he said the sinner's prayer. He's saved. Only God knows. God knows the position of the heart. And I hope that all of us can look back in time and remember that time, that one time. And if you don't and you didn't, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. That magic that the world cannot deny, that feeling that comes around this time of year, that spirit of giving that goes around is none other than the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But the world doesn't know him, so he can't, they can't explain it. They don't understand so they try to explain it in a whole other way, but we know who it is. We know what's going on, right? Because we have spiritual, spiritual vision because we are spiritually alive and aware those of us that have come to Jesus Christ and have been born again of the Holy Spirit and in the spirit, right? The spirit of Christ. Have you guys ever read that in your Bible where it talks about the spirit of Christ or the spirit of Jesus? Have you guys seen that? I used to think maybe I'm the only one, I don't know, but I used to think that that was talking about Jesus, I was like, it's Jesus. But now I've learned and I've understood, that's not talking about Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. That's none other than the Holy Spirit. And because he is the, he is, he is given those titles, the spirit of Christ and the spirit of Jesus, because Jesus sends him. And among many other things that he does, he has come to draw the world to Christ and to bring glory to Jesus Christ. He doesn't come to talk about himself. Even though he is God, omnipotent, omniscient, everything, the spirit does not speak of himself or seek to glorify himself. And you can find that in John 16, 3. He speaks of what he hears and seeks to draw people to Christ and to make him real and to make him known. And he causes him to dwell within the heart of men, women, and even our youth. That is part of his manifold job and work that he does here. Meyer Perlman says, only he, the Holy Spirit, can make actual what Christ's work has made possible. Only he can make actual what Christ's work has made possible. He's the one that makes us understand. If you read in your Bible, you receive see sometimes, and God opened their understanding. And God gave them understanding. That's God, the Holy Spirit, that did that. It is so crucial that we know about him and even to know him and his function and his purpose. We erroneously lean on ourselves and others on false magical ideas to do or to carry out the work that only the Holy Spirit can do. We have access to this immense, glorious, helpful gift, and we do not know him or we don't call upon him, nor do we trust him to do within us and through us what he alone is supposed to do. Once you open up your heart to receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, immediately Jesus makes his home in you, and so does the Holy Spirit. It just happens instantaneously. Romans eight nine through eleven says, "But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit." is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Both Christ and the Holy Spirit make their home in your heart. Isn't that awesome? Think about that for a second. What? Like, I don't really hear about Jesus dwelling in our hearts all the time, right? You know that the Holy Spirit also dwells within you the moment that you receive him it just i can't talk about that you know and then he empowers you to give and then to keep on giving the gift of the holy spirit is there to help you to strengthen you to grow you to teach you to try you to improve you to cleanse you to sanctify you daily every single day until you become who are you are who you are called to be according to his perfect will He's the one who will help you to have the victory over your flesh that constantly is at war and it wrestles with your spirit. Every day we do that. Every day I I wrestle and I'm at war. I don't know about you, but for me, it's an everyday battle. And he will help you to walk in the spirit and not in that flesh that wants to have dominion over you. If you feel like you're constantly messing up, like you just can't seem to get it right. Or you may feel like others may be living that life. You know, she seems to be having it all together, you know, and they're bearing those gifts of love and kindness and grace and mercy and hospitality and everything that Kathy talks about. And I'm just like, I I just, I can't get it. I just, I keep messing up, man. These people make me mad or this happens and I fall into temptation and sin and I just can't get it right. Know that you do not have to walk in defeat. Nor do you have to walk in conviction, nor powerless, nor hopeless. You have access to the spirit of the living God who is there to help you, to come alongside you, to grow you, to empower you, to give you hope, to give you patience and grace and mercy and kindness and hospitality and love and all those things that you're going to learn about this year. The Holy Spirit has been given for you and he is here to help you. Acts 4.31 And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Every time I read that, I'm like, Oh Lord, I want to be like that. I don't want the Holy Spirit just to fall. And then I'm going out and I'm speaking in boldness to everybody. You know, I want to be able to talk to everybody and, and I go to church and everything. And I go out and I'm like, hi, <laughs> and hi. and I want to say something. And, Hi. <laughs> you know, it's just like ah, I just don't seem to get it right, but the Holy Spirit is patient. But when he puts his words in my mouth, I can't shut up. Then I know that it's him. All these gifts that you're learning about and will be learning about are manifestations of the Spirit. They are the evidence that he is working with you and in you and within you and upon you and he is sanctifying you until he calls you home into his presence. Isn't that beautiful that he who began that good work in you is going to complete it? He's going to finish that work until the day that God calls you home. You know, it's fun getting gifts. I love getting gifts. And my birthday is coming. So (laughs) I love it. But there's an amazing satisfaction that comes with giving gifts, too. Lately, I've, I've enjoyed giving. Because um, I didn't always enjoy that. But now I've I've been enjoying it and almost so much that I get so excited to give that I don't care if I didn't get. I just I just want to see you open your present. Just open it. I want to see you. All right? Especially when you're able to give something that someone needs or, or that they really wanted or something that's special. Like you found something special and it just it just you just thought about this person and you want to bless them with it, right? In in gift giving, the focus shouldn't be on how much money was spent or on getting the perfect gift, right? but we should give. Whether we bless someone with something special that we bought or something that we made or or we could share a meal or even time or even service. There are so many ways to give. I share with you that um, the Lord took my grandfather um, a month ago. And um, ever since then, I've thought a lot about him and the gift of time. I remembered the things that in his last years he would tell me when I would go see him. He was very lonely. And he would often say, I I don't ask for gifts. He's like, I don't want anybody to bring me anything. He says, I just want people to come and visit me. I just want them to come and spend time with me. That's all I ask. That's all I want. You know, and it just really made me analyze my time. Time I would take to make a weekly phone call that maybe, you know, I could just check on someone that I know is lonely and I know could use some words of encouragement You know, that maybe—and I would, like, time myself after I would hang up. Like, really? It was only 10 minutes? Really? I couldn't do that before? Really? 10 minutes? I can't take 10 minutes out of my day, you know, or out of my week or out of my month just to check on somebody? You know, um, but, you know, we can't minister to everyone, okay? I want to establish some boundaries. Establish what you realistically can and can't do without neglecting your first priorities, and do so with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But you and I should do— what we can do according to our times and according to our abilities and according to the season of life that you're in. Because we're all in different seasons. You know, I can't tell a mommy who has three boys running around, you know, has got diapers and and formula and, you know, all this stuff to do all day to spend their time checking on people and see how they're doing. That's not really very realistic. I feel like it's a burden that we put on someone that I couldn't even do. But we need to be realistic because there are things that we can do. Everybody has even just a little offering to give, a little something. So we need to go to the Lord and ask him, Lord, in this season of my life, how would you have me spend your time? How can I bless? How can I give? Because, again, giving isn't just material. There's a lot of things we can give that that don't cost money. And don't live in condemnation if you can't do it all. Recognize the season that you're in. Because more often than not, what is really needed is the gift of time. Right? The gift of time is priceless or attention, sacrifice. Isn't that what Jesus did? In Galatians 2.20, Paul tells us, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Just like Christ gave him himself of his time, of his comfort, so must we. By showing, by reflecting Christ in all circumstances, especially in the most difficult ones. How would Jesus react? How would Jesus respond? You guys remember when they would have those bases, what would Jesus do, the WWJD? Right now, how would he respond in this circumstance? What value what Lord, would you have me exemplify in this moment? What do they need to see from you right now? That's what your theme for your women's studies are all about, isn't it? Those gifts that you and I should bear to give to others? Because um, those are gifts that we can give. God gave Jesus, the bringer of salvation, and he in turn gives us all things, including the Holy Spirit. Then the Holy Spirit gives us, yes, with all gifts, your, everything that you're studying about and everything that's coming. But first, we need to be connected in order to get that. Just like an appliance, like you, if your refrigerator isn't plugged in, it's not going to work. If your TV is not going to plug in, it's not going to work. You know, all these gadgets that we have, our devices, if they do not have that power, that, that connection, they don't work. They're useless. They're lifeless. And so we need to be plugged in to the Holy Spirit. We need to be connected with him so that we can function in the Spirit. We must receive the gift that the Savior gives in order to have all of these other gifts manifested in us and through us. Jesus came and walked on this earth and was in, and was, and in his omnipresence will forever be Emmanuel, God with us. But he was removed from this world physically, and he ascended to the Father. But in his great love, he didn't leave us orphans. He gave us a spirit. And if we want rivers of living water to flow, to gush out and overflow upon those around us, we must, we must receive the Holy Spirit. This is the will of the Son. This is the will of the Father to give us his spirit. Have you received these gifts? Have you received Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as your Lord and Savior? Jesus tells Nicodemus in John 3, 3 through 7. um, Somebody, you could come up and get ready. I'm going to ask my daughter to come up and join me. He says, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, You must be born again. Because, remember when, when Adam and Eve ate of that fruit in the garden. God told them before that, the day that you eat of that fruit, you shall surely die. Did anybody notice that they didn't drop dead immediately? Not physically, right? So what did that mean? He was talking about the spirit. Not yet, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Um, He was talking about the spirit. They died in their spirit. And so all of us, because of Adam are born and we're not alive in the spirit we're born in the flesh that which is born in the flesh is flesh but we're not born of the spirit until he calls us to life calls us to life and then we are born again so perhaps you're asking what do i need to do what do i need to do we're gonna have some personal time with the lord um i really wanted to um, spend some time and I was sharing with Kathy and hoping that she would be open for this um, I really would like for all of us just to have a personal quiet time with the Lord a personal just intimate quiet time with the Lord right there where we're at it's good to check on where we're at it's good to ask the Lord, show me where I'm at, show me what I need. If you've never received Jesus, that great gift of God, tonight you could do that, and he will immediately come into your heart, and he will dwell with you, and at the same time you will be born again of the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will also make his home within you. You will be cleansed and washed of all you've done and you will be a part of the family of God. Do you want that beautiful gift of salvation and peace tonight? I don't know, I don't know any of you. I know with the mask, I can't even recognize you, so um, I don't know where you're at. I don't know how many of you are walking with the Lord. I don't know how many of you have received the Lord. I don't know if you're here for the first time and and you know your friend or your mom or your cousin or your neighbor invited you and you know she's been talking to you about Jesus but you know you don't know what it's all about but you want you want that gift tonight you want that peace you want to be born again when I came to Christ I remembered I didn't know him I didn't know about him I didn't know how to interpret his word I didn't even know anybody that knew him I just knew I wanted something different I wanted to be different I was done with who I was I would look in the mirror and I'd be like I don't want to be her anymore I want to be new I want a new fresh start and the Lord was calling me without my even knowing Or hearing he was calling Maybe that's you. And if it is you, I'm not even going to ask you to stand because it's between you and the Lord. But I would just invite everybody to put your heads down. If that's you tonight, would you please repeat this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, I want you. Come into my heart. Cleanse me and wash me. Forgive me of all my sins and everything I've done to sin against you. Make me a new creation. And yes, I receive your gifts. I want you to dwell in me and I want your spirit to dwell in me and to make me a new creation. I surrender it all to you, Lord. Make me new. I want to be born again. In Jesus' name. Amen. But wait, there's more. Maybe you're not convinced. You know, maybe you've been coming to church. Maybe your parents have brought you to church all your life. You know, and you've gone just because that's what you do on Sundays and Wednesdays or whenever. But it's, you know, it's, it's it's Jesus. You know, and you really, he's the same to you as Santa Claus is. Only the Holy Spirit can make him alive to you tonight. If you want what maybe your parents have or maybe your neighbor has or... What Kathy has, what I have, what Pastor Joe has, what people here in this church, the ushers out in the street have, you want it. You want it to have that relationship. I mean, you've heard of Jesus all your life, but you just you don't get it yet. You're not there, and you want it. Why don't you pray this with me tonight? You know who you are. Dear Jesus, that's me. I have heard about you all my life. And it's time that I know you for me. It's me, Lord. Not my parents. Not my neighbor. Not my preacher. Not my teacher. It's me, Lord. I'm standing in the need of you. Help my lack of faith. Holy Spirit, make Jesus alive to me and real. Give birth to him in my heart tonight. And make me new. Make me a new creation and forgive me for my unbelief and help me to walk with you. Help me, fill me, use me. I want to be different. In Jesus' name, amen. He says, and you shall receive, right? If you're running and being, no, oh, keep it going, keep it going. <laughs> she plays so pretty. If you are running empty and you feel like you're powerless and you have no more strength, you're running on empty, ask and you shall receive. If you're up against the battle of your life and you just can't run on your own strength anymore, your patience is gone, your love is gone, your strength and your energy are gone, Ask, and you shall receive. Ask him to come upon you. Ask him to fill you. Ask him to fall afresh on you. As a matter of fact, if that's you, and you want to be filled afresh, would you please stand with me? Because, you know, there's the original baptism of the Holy Spirit when you first come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He baptizes you. He cleanses you. He washes you. He makes you a new creation. But we're living in this world, and we're using up our energy, and we use up our strength, and we use up our gifts, and we use up our love, and we use up our kindness, and we use up our grace and our mercy. We use us, we use it up. And oftentimes, we're running on fumes, and we need to be filled. And sometimes we have these Battles that have taken a toll on us in our minds, in our hearts, in our bodies, our finances, our marriages, our children. And we need a special empowering of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. That's why it pleased the Father to send the Holy Spirit to help us. If that's you, ask and you shall receive this gift of God. Matthew seven eleven. Jesus says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that the Lord would fill you in a way that only he can. So won't you just close your eyes and bow your head with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time, for this place, for your Spirit, for your Son, Jesus Christ, who is the greatest gift of all. We receive him again and again, yes, with all of our hearts, yes. We want Jesus. Give me Jesus. And Holy Spirit, Many of us are worn out. We're running on empty. And we need to be filled anew. Lord, you know the condition of every single woman that is standing. You know exactly where she is. You know what she goes home to. You know what she goes to work to. You know her lacks. You know her excesses. You know her to the heart. And I pray that you will come upon her individually. And that you will fill her. Fill her to an overflowing. May she not leave different. Help her, Lord God. Bless her. Be with my sisters, Lord. And I thank you for this time, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may you may have a seat. Thank you. Matthew ten, eight says, thank you, baby. When Jesus sent his disciples out, he told them, Freely you have received. Freely give. We have all received freely. Now, go, and in the same matter, give. Reflect, shine Christ to the dark world without the breath. Allow the Holy Spirit to bear fruit in your life. Fruit of a tree is for others to enjoy, isn't it? Not for the tree. Go and bear these gifts as a fruitful tree that remains evergreen because of the nourishment, because of the power of the Holy Spirit that comes in Jesus' name and is given by both the Father and the Father and the sun. May the Lord bless you. May he protect you. May he be with you. May he give you a blessed Christmas, no matter what. No matter what your circumstances. Be blessed. Love you girls. Thank you for having me.